0: You are listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. We exist to inspire people to live and love like Jesus. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. Well, good morning, church. Good morning, good morning church. Good morning. Aren't you glad to be in the house of God today? Just worshiping Him, experiencing His presence. man y'all make it so fun to preach. I'm telling you right now, uh just your energy, I appreciate it don't um, and sometimes don't let the sermon be the downer, okay keep that energy high I love it y'all y'all today were rowdier than first service so or maybe there's some first service people that crept in here to take up the rowdiness a little bit um i I'm serious man I feel like this this really is as close to heaven as we get, and I know it, it's it's I know it's loud, but heaven's going to be loud, too. Come on, somebody. I mean, there's going to be shouting and praising in heaven, So, um, and you ain't going to have earplugs in heaven. Sorry. Um, But we are so glad that you're here. My name is Matt, and I get the pleasure of being one of the pastors here at Vintage. If today is your first time with us, we are so glad that you're here. Um, We are excited. Yes, um, God is just doing really cool things in our church, and it's all to his glory and for his benefit. (laughs) Amen. And you do know that when God starts working, the enemy does too. Um, and, and just, just will you pray for, for your pastors, pray for your church, because yeah, the enemy's been... Um, last week, our first Sunday in this building went off as smooth as it possibly could. I mean, we didn't have any glitches or hiccups. And when you're using technology the way that we are, you kind of expect those kinds of things. Well, today, like, like everything is just falling apart, but that's okay. <laughs> Because you know what I mean? The, the, the harder the devil is working, the more convinced I become that God wants to do something great. So we're just, we're just going to let him today. Amen. We're just going to let him work and move and do amazing things in our midst. And so uh, let's dive into the word together. Grab your Bibles and go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is where we're going to spend the majority of our time together. Because we're in a series called The Unknown. And it's all rooted in this passage of Scripture, Hebrews chapter 11. Pick up with verse 1, Hebrews chapter 11. You can pull it up. If you have the Vintage app, connect to our guest network, pull it up, go to the app. There's a, there's a notes um, place there or just pull however you're accessing God's word. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. If you're ready to dive in, say amen. amen. Hebrews 11:1 1. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. We decided that the first series that we would do in this building would be to take a real practical hard look at the concept of faith. Because faith is a word that gets thrown around a lot, doesn't it? Faith is a word that we hear a lot of people talk about in a lot of different contexts, in a lot of different places. And you know, throughout the years, I've heard preachers try to define faith in, in dozens of different ways. Haven't you? Like they've used all kinds of different illustrations and thoughts. But we don't need to define a word that scripture has already defined. Come on. Hebrews chapter 11 right there. What is faith? There it is. Come on. It's right there. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. But we don't like that definition. Because that definition opens up the door for the unknown. What we hope for, what we do not see. That faith is confidence and assurance, and that confidence and assurance is placed in something that has not yet come to pass. And it's hard to have faith in things that we can't see. Anybody else have that struggle? See, faith requires us to embrace the unknown. That's where we started last week. That if you really want to understand what faith is, you're going to have to embrace the unknown confidence in what we hope for assurance about what we do not see that if you're going to walk by faith if you're going to live by faith if faith is going to be the driving force in your life you're going to have to brace the unknown and we don't like unknown amen all the control freaks we like to be in charge we like to control we don't like unknown faith we would love it if faith was confidence and assurance in everything that we can see and we already have Because if I can see it and I already have it, it's much more easy for me to trust in it. But what the scripture is telling us that if you're going to live by faith, if you're going to live by faith in God, then you're going to have to embrace the unknown. And so we're taking a few weeks just to kind of, all right, let's dig into this. What does it mean to really live by faith? To live by faith. Not theoretically, but practically. Not just in concept, but in reality. And the reason why it's so important that we get this is because what the writer of Hebrews would later say in verse 6. This is, the, this is why it's so important that we understand this whole concept of faith and what it means and how it looks and how it plays out in our lives. Hebrews eleven six 6, says, and without faith, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Like that's why, so you want to know why it's important to truly understand faith? Because without it, we can't please God. And believer, you know like that's ultimately your objective, right? Is to please God. I know you've gotten the habit of pleasing people. I know that you've gotten the habit of most of our lives are driven by performance, aren't they? Like most of our lives are driven by performance. We want to get a specific result or a specific job or a specific payday or a specific pat on the back. Come on. But if your goal is to please God, which should be all of our objective... Because you know what I find is, as soon as I please one person, I done ticked another one off. And it's just a never-ending circle. But if you want to please God, it'll become, it'll come by way of a life driven by faith. Without faith, it is impossible. Impossible. You know what impossible means right there? Impossible. <laughs> I'm a theologian. Y'all didn't know that. I'm a scholar. I have many leather-bound books. I'm just, okay, I'm getting off subject. Y'all shouldn't have seen that movie. Stop laughing. And faith, without faith, it is impossible to please God. But then look what it says. He he continues to give us insight to help us better understand what faith truly is. It says, because anyone who comes to him must believe he exists. The first thing you got to do if you're going to come to him, you got to believe that he's real. That there is a God and that you're not him. But he created you and wants relationship with you so much that he sent Jesus to die for your sins so that the things that stood between you and him could be made right and you could live in intimacy with your creator. You have to believe he exists. Because anyone who comes to him must believe he exists and, everybody say and. And. See, we don't, a lot of times we, we tend to stop there. Because as I told you last week, the next part of that phrase gets twisted in our culture. It says, you need to believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. The writer of Hebrews is saying that when you live by faith, you experience God's favor. He and, remember, but faith, believe that he exists, and favor, that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. The writer of Hebrews is telling us when we get this faith thing right and we're really pleasing God and we're really living by faith, that when we act in obedient faith, we experience the extravagant favor of God. And now I'll just remind you, 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 you can't... You can't define favor the way you want to define favor because favor comes in many forms amen and see where we get into this whole prosperity concept is when we start buying the fact that favor is limited to a single thing a single means and most of us like that doesn't mean that if you believe he exists that you're gonna be rich that you're gonna have all your bills paid So you got to understand, faith comes in many forms. And what's messed so many people's faith up is their their favor from faith came in the form that they didn't expect. And when you start limiting your focus about what form God's favor may come in, all you'll end up is frustrated. Because you limit your idea of what God's favor is. You know what? There's people that you, you are broke. Broke. You don't have to say amen. You know who you are. But can I tell you, you could still be living in God's favor. That's right. yeah. Amen. Blessing, Lord. Now, I don't think God wants you to be broke. I don't think he wants you to stay there. And you might be broke just because you're making a bunch of bad financial decisions, but anyway. God's favor comes in many forms. And you can't limit it to certain things. But I firmly believe that God's word teaches us that when we walk by faith, we live in his favor. In some form or fashion, God's favor shows up in our lives. So it's important that we really learn, okay, what does it really mean to walk by faith, to live by faith? And the good news is the writer of Hebrews continues to unpack this concept for us and to give us real-life real life examples of people that live by faith and the favor that they experienced. And in this chapter, the, the, the writer of Hebrews lists the Faith Hall of Fame these men and women of legendary faith. And it says, by faith, this person did this, and this is how God showed up in their lives. By faith, this person made these decisions and walked in this path and walked in obedience in this way. And because of their faith, this is how God's favor manifested itself in their lives. And here's the good news. The same God that showed up in their lives is the same God that you and I get to serve and can show up in ours. It frustrates me. to Well, that was the Old Testament. Those people lived thousands. Of, like, like, is it not the same God is he different? Does he care about us any less? Is his, his resources any more available now than they were then? Well, then wh- Y'all should have said yes. Go ahead and say yes. Then why don't we expect him to show up in the same ways? Maybe it's not because he's different. Maybe it's because we're different. And maybe he's waiting to unleash his favor when we begin to really walk in faith. So last week we looked at Noah. Our old buddy Noah. And saw how God worked in his life when he lived by faith. And what that means. That when you embrace the unknown and you live by faith, it means some specific things. It means that, that you know, you're going to have to let current reality give way to future possibility. You're going to have to have complete surrender without complete certainty. There, there's a lot of things that they are going to have to happen in your life if you're going to allow this thing called faith to drive you. But today, I want to look at the next story or another story within hebrews that tells us about faith and teaches us something great and it picks up with verse 8 so drop down hebrews chapter 11 verse 8 and today i want us to stare into abraham father abraham who had many sons many sons had father abraham i am one of them okay children's church people say amen yeah okay for those of us you're like these people are crazy you're right Hebrews chapter 11, pick up verse 8. It says, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise, for he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Verse eleven. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children, because she considered him faithful, who made who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he is as good as dead came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. See, once again, the Hebrew writer is trying to show us another real-life example of someone who lived by faith. Do you remember this story, the story of Abraham? Abraham, who God made a promise to, said, Abraham, from you will come a great nation. From your lineage, I will bless all people. And he was talking about it will be from your people, the people that come from your descendants, the Messiah would come into the world. God had to pick somebody. And he picked Abraham to build a nation. And from that nation, one day Jesus would be born and come to this planet and walk as a man and die for your sins. He made Abraham a promise. And Abraham, like most of us, thought that a promise would come just like that. And if you're not familiar with this story, it was 25 years from the time God promised Abraham he would be a nation and the time Isaac would be born. We can't wait 25 seconds in a drive-thru line. Will you pull up, sir? No, I will not. Give me my food. <laughs> 25 years of a promise. And Abraham, if you don't know the story, you know he got a little impatient. He got a lot impatient. Because when all this time had passed and his wife Sarah was not able to bear a child, she offered him a suggestion. Go be with my maidservant and she will give you a child. Now any man in his right mind should have known that was a dumb idea. But eventually God kept his promise and Abraham did bring forth a son. But I want to really look at what the Hebrew writer just pointed out about abraham's story because i have a good grammatically incorrect run on sentence to give you to summarize what just happened and i want to just give it to you and then i want us to unpack it because i think we learned a lot about faith from just those few verses right there that the hebrew writer gave us faith moves you forward away from familiar with a new focus unleashing favor that's what i learned from what the hebrew writer just told us about about Abraham, That faith moves you forward, away from familiar, with a new focus unleashing favor. First, faith moves you forward. Do you see what Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 said, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. It says, Abraham, when he was called... To a place that later he would see. Not that he would see in that moment. Later he would see. He obeyed and went, even though he did not know. Even though there was, you might say, an unknown. Abraham obeyed and went. See, faith always moves you forward. If you're going to live by faith, faith will never let you stay where you are for very long. Living by faith means living in constant motion. You know what I've learned? is God does not do stationary. God is constantly challenging you to move forward. Sometimes it's physically forward. Sometimes it's making a decision that will physically take you to other places. But sometimes it's just calling you forward in your faith. Believer, if you are still sitting where you were 15 years ago in your faith, you are not living by faith. God is, there's some people, your step forward is to start to actually grow up spiritually, to mature a little bit and move forward. God is always calling you forward in faith. God does not leave you where you are for very long. Faith is a constant motion challenging you to grow and to stretch and to think and to be molded into the image of God who He created you to be. Always forward. I'm convinced there are two types of people in the world. There's dippers and divers. You know what I'm talking about? Those people that, you know, like when you go to the pool, especially when you go to the pool when it's just getting pool season and the water's like 65 degrees, and you got those people that like they're dippers, and they're just like, "Whoo!" And they do that like 10 or 15 times, like 15 minutes later. Whew, yeah, it's still cold. No, yeah, it's still cold. Dummy, it's been five minutes. <laughs> and there's some people like to get into the pool like they ha- they they're not dippers, they're divers. So they they have this really deliberate process to get into the pool. It starts with the, with the little toe dip for a little while, just like and you kind of just move your toe around. Like, yeah, it's cold. My toes are gonna fall off. And then, like, there's those people, too, like, you know, when you finally get up the courage to put the legs in. And you're going. And you always got to do that little breathing sound. And you're sitting there on the other side going. so cold. So, Y'all know who I'm talking about. Some people are looking at their spouse like, that's you, honey. And then you got the people that, like, your wife won't do that, and you just tackle her and throw her in the water. That's a dumb idea. Okay. So, like, that's, that's your process, right? You finally get up to the courage, and you just kind of kick your little legs in. Everybody else is swimming, just having fun. And then you get to that point where you think, you know what, I'm good, because the, your legs have been in long enough to where you have adapted to the temperature of the pool. And so you make the brave decision to slide on in. Right? You do this number. But what you realize is the rest of your body was not ready. So you go... And then you get back on the side of the pool. And it literally like takes you two hours to get into. Finally, you get into the pool and you start walking around doing this number. And then somebody's like, it's time for lunch. We've been out here for three hours. Like that's some people like you're a dipper. Like that's how, who's a dipper in here? Just come on, be honest. Like that's you. Like that's just how you roll. That's just kind of, you, you know, I mean, even like even the bath water, you got to run for 15 minutes just to, figure it out but then you know there's those people that are just divers this stage is too tall um there's the divers or you know what you just like let's get it over with I don't care if it's 75 degrees or 50 degrees we're going straight cannonball in the deep end come on like that's the hook divers you just let's get it over with let's jump in let's cannonball you know the moment you hit the water it's going to feel like you're dying but it'll be over quick And you will adjust and be fine. You know what I found as I pastor churches is churches are full of dippers and divers. And can I just go ahead and say, if you're a diver, don't be too proud. And if you're a dipper, don't be too ashamed. Because here's the thing. Go at the pace that God's leading you. But understand you're going to have to go. And there's some people, you've been doing this, and it's time to do this. Like, it's time. it's time. Your move forward is to go from just the toe to the legs. Like, you've been, you've been towing the water for far too long. And God's saying, it's time to move forward. It's time to put your legs in. And there's some people, you've been sitting here, swinging your happy, pretty little legs because you shaved them because it's summertime finally. <laughs> and the girls too. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and it's time to stop sitting on the edge of the pool and take your next step into the water. And there's some people you've been wading around. I, mean, I remember like when we first started teaching my kids to swim, like they would get all the way in, but they wouldn't let their head get wet. They're just doing this. You know, like you can't get your hair wet. You get your head, you, you it messes your color up, your perm goes flat, all kinds of crazy things. In that. People don't even have perms anymore. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Um, but it's time. And I don't know if it's you need to go into the water or it's time to sit and put your legs in or maybe you've just been walking around the edge for a while while everybody else is swimming and having a good time and you've been afraid to even put your toe in. I know that in this crowd... There's people that are on all levels. And I don't care if you're a diver. There's some people, they, they come here, and man, they just dive in. God gets a hold of their heart, and the, 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 the change can almost be instant. I've seen people come to this church hooked on drugs in less than a year, finding freedom from addiction and serving the Lord and doing powerful, amazing things. But that might not be your story. And don't look at them and be jealous because it's not. See, some of you, guys saying, just put your toe in. Stop walking around the edges of the pool and just put your toe in. And there's some people you've been dipping your toe for like two years, and God's saying, all right, it's time to move forward. It's time to take the next step. I don't know what your next step is, but if you've been sitting where you are for a long time now, I would submit to you it's probably time to take some step of faith in your life and move forward because faith moves you forward. But here's the hard part. Here's the reason why most of us are afraid to move forward. Because most often when we move forward in faith, we move away from something familiar. When you move forward in faith, you're often called to move away from something familiar. And that's the hard part, amen? Because when I move forward, it's meaning I'm going to have to move away from something familiar. And I like familiar. Because familiar is familiar. And I know it, and I like it, and I can embrace it, and it's comfortable. But look look what Abraham had to do. This is by faith. He, Abraham, made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. Do you see what just happened? To move forward in faith, God was calling Abraham to leave behind something familiar. And the hardest part about moving forward in faith, or maybe the reason why you haven't moved forward in faith, is because you know it's going to require you to abandon something familiar. If you go back to, look at what the call looked like when God originally gave it in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. It says, the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Do you realize all that God just asked Abraham to walk away from? Hey, Abraham, move forward. And oh, by the way, when you move forward, you're gonna be moving away from your country, your people, and your father's house. Let's go. Exactly. But what I found is so often... When God calls you forward in faith, you have to walk away from something familiar. Like, we can walk away from a lot of things, but healthy, good relationships with people, sometimes having to walk away. And you know what? God didn't say walk away from these things because they're bad. See, there's times God calls you to drop things in your life because they're bad, because they're not healthy. Amen? Come on, There's things that you need to lay down because they're not good for you. But then sometimes God says, "You know what? I know you like that thing. I know that it's probably even good for you, but I got something else in store and so I need you to walk away from that thing that's familiar." And that's when it gets hard. But God I love these people and these people love me. See, when you walk forward in faith, sometimes you're going to have to lay down something great to take hold of something greater. And you just got to tra- and you may not know what's greater until you get there. Walk away from something familiar, maybe the most difficult thing that we ever have to do. And you know what? This, I just want to show you that this is something that God is still calling people to now. Fast forward to Matthew chapter 4. Look at verse 18. It says, "'As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net in the, into the lake, for they were fishermen. "'Come, follow me,' Jesus said." And I will send you out to fish for people. Then look at verse 20. At once they left their nets and followed them. Do you see what just happened? They laid down what was familiar to move forward in faith. And sometimes that's the hardest thing that we have to do to move forward in faith is the risk of abandoning something Familiar. And you know what? Sometimes we'll stay in familiar, not because it's fruitful, but just because it's familiar. There's a lot of places we stay, not because they're fruitful. There's a lot of places we don't want to leave, not because they're fruitful. In fact, they're pretty frustrating. But they're a familiar kind of frustrating. I can deal with frustrating when I've gotten used to it, when when it, when it has become familiar to me. Come on. And there's some things that even though they aren't good for you, even though they aren't healthy. We have some, a sense of nostalgia about them because they're familiar, like mothballs and menthol cigarettes. Now, some of y'all thinking, yep, he's crazy. There it went. He snapped right there. <laughs> Every time I smell mothballs or menthol cigarettes, but especially the combination of both, my heart smiles a little bit. I know. It's weird. But you know Why? Because that's what my grandmother's house always smelled like. My Mimi, my mom's mom. That, and she was a hairdresser, so it was white rain. Whoo, you could choke a <laughs> horse. You'd walk into her beauty shop, and I was growing up in between the white rain and the menthol cigarettes, somebody was dying up in there. It's like, Pfft. Mimi, where you at? But every time I smell mothballs or menthol cigarettes, she died. She lived long enough to see my kids born, and she lived long enough to know that we had started this church. But she passed when my kids were pretty young. But every time I smell that smell, I picture her. I picture me sitting on her porch swing and her in the rocker, and us just talking about stuff. Because I'd spend weeks with her at a time in the summer. She'd go out, and she, and she would try to play ball with me or do stuff like that, even though, like, she really probably wasn't in the health to kind of even do without. Every time I smell that smell, I think of her, and it's familiar. And see, there's a lot of things in our lives that, you know what, there ain't nothing healthy about mothballs and menthols, I'm tell you that right now. <laughs> but there's things in our lives that we are staying connected to because they're familiar, and they're keeping us from moving forward in our faith. I see people do this all the time. That relationship that you're in, it's not healthy, and it's not fruitful, and it's not helping you in your faith, but it's familiar. And so we think, oh, we should just get married. Come on. There's things that are familiar, and we stick to them not because they're fruitful and not because we're being obedient in faith, but simply because they're familiar. And maybe for some people in the room, for you to move forward in your faith you're going to have to lay down something familiar and it's going to be really, really hard. It happens in churches. Some of y'all are freaked out up in here today just because this is so not familiar to what you grew up with. And God's saying, you know what, maybe for you to move forward, you need to lay down something familiar. Because that familiar thing Maybe it's bad, and it need to go a long time ago. Or maybe it's good, but it's just not going to be a part of your life in the next season. And God's saying, you know what? I know it's familiar, but you're going to need to lay it down so that you can move forward in faith. And see, this is what is so difficult. You know, even, even as we moved into this, this building, this last week, just so you know, man, like, uh, the enemy, we had over a thousand people show up last Sunday, and God's just been working and doing crazy things, and people's lives are being changed, and so the enemy doesn't like that. And so, you know, here's a, every season that you walk through will have problems. Come on. Notice I, not one time I said, walk forward in faith, and you will no longer have problems. Every season, there's some people, maybe you're young in the room, and you're thinking, well, I'll be so glad when I get to this season of my life and all these problems are behind me. New ones are coming. And see, here's the thing. Like, even, for example, is, is, is when we were at the school, we had, we had problems with set up and tear down and navigating stuff and that kind of stuff. But you know what? There's been times this week I've prayed for those old problems. Not because going back to that school is what we needed to do, but because the problems over there were familiar. I learned how to deal with those problems. And now I got a new set of problems that are unfamiliar that I haven't figured out how to fix yet. And see, when we get to that place, here's what can happen you can start wondering well, did I move forward in the right direction? Because I moved forward and I thought faith was coming, but now all I got is frustration. So, you know what I need to do? I need to go back. Come on. It's what most people think. Because what, when the challenges of moving forward get too great, your tendency will be to retreat to what was familiar. You remember what happens to the disciples after the crucifixion? Remember where Jesus finds them? You don't remember that? When Jesus come, when Jesus raises from the dead, he finds them. You know what they're doing? Fishing again. They went back to what was familiar because the prospect of moving forward no longer seemed possible. And when you hit a wall and you can't feel like you can't go forward in faith, you'll retreat to the familiar. And God's like, no, keep moving forward. Forward, and here's what I have to avoid the tendency to do is not to see. We say, "Okay, God, I want to move forward, but I need this to feel familiar right now." Isn't it funny how we transition into new, if you move forward in faith to new seasons? It's going to take some time from where for where you are to feel familiar. And can I just can I just say something to you? Don't rush it, and don't try to do more than you're supposed to to make it feel familiar. I'm the type of person, the day we moved into our house, when my wife went to school, we lived in one home. When she got home that evening, we lived in another, and it looked like we had been there for six months. I don't leave. You know what I do? I take a box off the truck, I take it in the house, I empty that box where it's supposed to go, I break down that box, I put it in the garage, I gotta go get the next box. You crazy people who just put all the boxes in the garage, y'all are insane. I can't live with boxes all up in my garage. Like, I want it to feel like home, like, immediately. We did some renovate. Like, trying to work in this space while it's being renovated, I thought I was going to have a seizure. I mean, it was awful. Because I, anybody else, you see, y'all are like that, too, in some places. We don't like the unfamiliar leads to unsettled, and we want to get settled as quick as we can. And you notice what happened? It said that Abraham lived like a stranger. And you notice what it said? So did Isaac and Jacob. So Abraham never got to get to a place where it really felt like home, but he kept moving forward. And if you don't learn how to deal with unfamiliar, if you don't have to learn how to deal with the unknown, you'll retreat to where you were instead of continuing to move forward and where you're supposed to go. Faith moves you forward away from the unknown with a new focus. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 10 it says, for he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. See, you know why Abraham kept doing this? Because his eyes were fixed forward. He kept looking forward. Even though I've now moved forward away from everything that's familiar, as I keep moving in this thing, in this journey that God has on me, I'm going to avoid the tendency to constantly look over my shoulder. Mama! Um, It says his focus was forward. He was looking forward. And if you're going to move forward away from familiar, you've got to keep your eyes. It's it's about a focus. You've got to focus forward. There's a reason why your windshield is so much bigger than your rearview mirror. Because it's more important to look forward. There's times that you need to check the rearview mirror, but look forward, look forward, look forward. Because when you're in that unsettled season of unfamiliar, it's going to be really easy to look over your shoulder and look behind you. And you'll stall out and you won't keep progressing in the direction that God wants you to go. It says, had a new focus to look forward, look forward, look forward. Abraham was able to keep moving forward in his faith because of his focus. He was focusing on what God had for him in the future, what God had for him next. Now, I think a lot of people have the courage, they have the faith to step out, but very few have the focus to stay out. Faith will move you to step out. Focus is what you have to have to stay out. Come on, I'm preaching. Laura, I'm preaching. It's awesome, ain't it? Yes. Yes. She's taking notes on her phone. and She posts them. You need to follow her on Instagram because it's good. She ends up saying it better than I said it. Focus. Forward. Faith. I mean, it's easy. A lot of people will step out. We'll step out in faith. We'll go in that direction. But you know what? When the, when the unsettledness of, of unfamiliar and, and the, the, the anxiety over the unknown when they overwhelm us, it's really easy to start looking back about where well, I can go back. I've said it twice in the history of this church. When we moved from the, from the high school to the middle school, and it took us 14 hours the first time we set up, I can understand why the people of, uh, of Israel looked at Moses and said, we should have stayed in Egypt. Because at least in Egypt, we knew what was going to happen. In Egypt, we knew they was going to beat us. In Egypt, we knew we weren't going to eat. But we're out here, and it's just crazy, Moses. We should have just stayed there. And there's been times this week as we've gotten complaints about parking and crazy things. like that. I'm like, we should have stayed at the middle school. We will go back and set up next week. And it's time to focus. And if you don't stay focused, you will retreat to the familiar. And you will stop moving forward in faith. I think for some reason, it's hard to focus on the future when we look through the lens of our own limitations. It's hard to focus on the future when we're looking through the lens of our own limitations. Because sometimes when we look forward, all we see is things we can't fix. And when we, when we look forward and all we see is things we can't fix and when we're looking through the lens of our own limitations instead of the resources and power and, and promises of our God, we'll retreat to the familiar. Somehow Abraham was made, had the courage to look forward even though he was getting old. Even though he had made a mistake. Even though Sarah seemed to be barren. But if you'll keep stepping forward in faith, God will unleash his favor. Look at what he says in Romans I mean excuse me, Hebrews chapter 11, says, "And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, whose past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise." See, when you're looking through the, the lens of your limitations, all you see is a woman that's too old to have kids. But when you can look through the lens, past the lens of your limitations, into the abundant power of our God, you see that even a woman who is past childbearing age, God can do the impossible. If you just keep walking forward in faith, faith moves you forward, away from familiar, with a new focus, unleashing God's favor. And you know the rest of the story. God kept His promise. Isaac was born, Jacob came along, and God did amazing things because of the faith and through the faith of Abraham. And I think you can too. Can you bow your heads, close your eyes with me? This is where I feel like I need to land today. It's time to move forward. It's time for you to move forward. And I don't know what that looks for you right now. I don't know how it looks. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that is gonna, how that's going to shape up in your life, but God's calling you forward. And perhaps the reason why you're hesitant to move forward is because you know that moving forward means you will have to abandon something familiar. And today you need to have the courage to lay down that thing that is familiar and move forward in faith so that God can unleash his favor in your life. time to move forward if you're here today God's speaking to your heart he's challenging you he's moving on you to move forward I want you to do something really courageous I know it's courageous I know it takes a lot but if you don't have the faith to stand up in this room you won't have the faith to walk forward out when you get out of it say Matt God's calling me forward in faith away from something familiar I'm going to fix my focus, and I'm going to see His favor unleashed in my life. If that's you, would you do something for me? Would you go ahead and just stand to your feet, just quietly, reverently. Rise right there where you are. Stand on your feet. Amen. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. I want to pray for you. Amen. Amen. I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward. Yeah, I'm going to have to walk away from something familiar. And I know I'm going to have to stay focused, but I want to see his favor unleashed in my life. I want to see God work and do powerful things in and through me. So today, my first step forward is standing up right where I am and asking God to give me the strength and courage and power to do what's necessary as I follow him in Jesus' name. Amen. Anybody else? Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Forward, forward, forward. Amen. Amen. With those around, those sitting, would you stand next to them quietly, reverently, everyone on your feet, and we're going to worship the Lord now. This is the most important time of every week when God's word has come out and God's trying to solidify it. And we use this time of worship for God just to to solidify and speak. And Father, I pray that right now as we worship you through this song, I know that there are people within the sound of my voice that anxiety is already creeping in because they're already playing out in their mind the scenario that's going to have to happen in order for them to move forward. And they're scared of laying down that familiar thing. And they're worried they're not going to have the focus to stay out because they tried it before and they stepped out but haven't had the, the ability to stay out. And God, I pray that you would just speak into their hearts right now and use this song just to deliver the peace that they need, God, to know that you're going to walk with them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net.